Weekly Sauce, episode 41. Uh, 40 in the books last week. We had Ayman Zahabi on, UFC vet, uh, coming off a KO win. Um, it was a great episode, honestly. It's one of the best episodes we had in a while. Uh, positive feedback all around. Uh, again, this episode is brought to you by Mike's BBQ Rub MTL. Visit Mike's BBQ Rub MTL.com and use Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off the entire site. Um, Alex, we got a special guest today. How's it going, buddy? I'm doing as I'm doing very good, man. I'm very excited as usual. We have DJ, um, Alouettes player. I love the Alouettes, you know, and yeah, the Alouettes always have a special place in my heart, man. Always, always, you can. So uh, you you said his name. We got DJ the Lama, number forty-seven of the Montreal Alouettes. How's it going, buddy? Doing well, guys. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. Why number forty-seven? Actually, I wanted to ask you. Is it specific? Uh, <laughs> I got to Montreal. That was about the only number that was left. Uh, that wasn't like a double XL. So I said, "Hey, that guy right now, put it in a meet." But uh, no, he—that's that, all that was available. Uh, I took it. Obviously, kind of made it my own. So, so they don't—they don't—they don't make like the jersey for you. They—they they have sizes related to numbers and stuff like that. When I came in, it was the turnaround. Okay. So when I I got in on a Thursday, we were playing Friday night, and it was like, "Hey, like, you don't have time." have right up so i think it was 22 or 47 uh 22, I've, I've been up a wider i always wondered uh if the numbers are um like if the people choose numbers based on the size of the jersey so like if you're wearing 11 you can't be like a really big defensive lineman wearing a number 11 because it's weird. you got to be like 99. It's got to fill out the jersey. I think it's, you are with the equipment staff. Some guys will be like, hey, yeah, like, you know, John Bowman, right? Wear, wear, wear number seven. Like, you're cool. Like, we like you. Wear number seven. Uh, someone that's not liked, then you're definitely getting the 99 or the 78 or whatever <laughs> number you want to talk about. But, uh, no, I'll take 47. Uh, appreciate Greg over there helping me out. And, and now it's, uh, yeah, ever since. So, uh, news coming out this week, uh, CFL and the XFL, uh, well, actually this morning, uh, working on some sort of merger. I'm, DJ, I'm not going to like pat myself on the back here, but like I predicted this years ago. Well, actually, last year. I was like, CFL and the XFL should be like the minor league in the NFL at some point. You know, like I think that's how it should work. What are your thoughts? Uh, what kind of updates are you getting? Is the team communicating with you guys? Well, obviously, it's a lot to digest, um, you know, kind of off the top. I mean, obviously, we're all focused on playing here. Um, so I think when you hear news that there's some other conversations, I mean, if it, if it helps the game of football and it gives more people an opportunity and, and better pages for everyone involved and so be it. Um, but I'll be honest, like right now, exciting as that may be in two, three, four years, um, you know, given my age, given where we're coming from, not playing last year, we all just want to play this year and that's what we want kind of that focus to be. So we're excited, obviously at the potential of what this league has, but I think we all know that we need to get on a field soon and get back to what we all love to do, watch football on TV and, and play. So wh- when um, when does camp start? I was going to ask you guys actually that same question. I thought maybe <laughs> <it'd> be a- <laughs> Honestly, if I had the choice, I'd start it right away, man. I think you guys need to shake off the cobwebs. I know we even spoke to Jean-Samuel Blanc a few weeks ago, and he's like itching to get back out there. So it's like... I, I want to see. I want the momentum to continue, and I um, I follow VA on Twitter, and he's all over the place. He's ready to go. So it's like, 
what's what's gonna happen you know and i'm really i'm really curious to see alex yeah um the cfl xfl i have the i have the same feeling as you i feel like they should be well i feel like they should become the minor league of the nfl uh where they could just send rookies over there you know get more you know experience um i i like the idea but obviously the cfl players not sure how they feel about i think some of them are really not like against it some are against it so we I don't know. It's it, it's in a limbo. It's 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 a quite a difficult news to digest. Like they just said, because you know, cap is supposed to start soon, and then you're talking about the XFL right now. So it's 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 weird. Yeah, it, it's a little weird. I think, like I said, if it brings more income, if it brings more opportunity, I think everyone's for it, right? Like that's that's the whole premise. Well, playing it, especially. I just hope that if a partnership comes, Canadians like my, hopefully they don't. Just kind of get pushed aside, right? Have a big kind of money making machine, American football, you know, forward. And the, yeah, and you, you kind of you, you you said it there. So Canadians like yourself, I think the Canadians, you know, all the not all the the non imports that play in the CFL might be affected by this. So hopefully it doesn't. Uh, take us through last season, man. Last season was a roller coaster of a ride. Uh, kind of ended on a high. Uh, take us through what kind of like what was going through the locker room. Uh, were you guys confident all year? I know you guys kind of started off a little slow. What, what was what was the locker room vibe like? Yeah, you know what? I'll be honest. I, I was in Winnipeg for the first half of the season uh, with Winnipeg, and obviously uh, got off to a good start. Sure. I'm an idiot. Um, no, 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 not at all. <laughs> no, no, and I knew that too. I'm just like because I, I just assumed you were on the team. No, I yeah, I wish I was. <laughs> but no, when when I came over where I signed, um, you know, I called Enoch, I called Chris back, I called Bernie. And they said it was, and you know what? What Coach Kahari Jones, Coach McDonovan, like what they've been in terms of culture, um, it kind of transcended right down into the locker room. Leaders started, you know, talking the same way Kahari was, and have that passion, kind of confidence it trickled down. And, um, when I got there, it was a nice day. Um, Twenty seventeen, obviously, tough. Uh, I think you guys know that by watching. Um, it was tough, and we weren't very good. Yeah, and. Not that the personnel changed all attitude, confidence, work ethic, buy in change. Like Bernie, Harry, Enoch, uh, John, you know, there's a lot of guys I can name um, that were a part of that. And, and it was fun to be around, you know. And, and obviously, as we gelled as a unit, as everyone kind of found their role, um, you saw the win starting to come, you know, home win against the power playoffs, you know, first time beating the power in a while, um, seeing. Oh, the stadium go nuts, the lights, the music, like, that was exciting. And, and I think we all want to get back to that. And, you know, we definitely think that we put our best forward there at the end of last year. Uh, the, the, the playoffs done a little bit. Um, but I think we're ready to gear it up here. Have fun. Get back out there. Alex? Uh, so, so, so there's one interesting fact about you that, that I discovered while doing my research, um, your draft position. So you were drafted with the very last pick in the 2016 draft. Um, how did it feel to be the Tom Brady of the draft? <laughs> Are you the linebackers of Tom Brady? Are you the Tom Brady as a linebacker? Yeah. Canadian linebacker yeah. is what we're asking. <laughs> Tom Brady and have, I don't know how many hundreds <laughs> all that i mean that's something but uh you know what for me it was it was a whirlwind um you know two weeks before being drafted i was down with the new 
giant uh, on tryout and come up, you know, have your expectations. Um, that didn't happen, and it was a long night. I had a that we were watching, you know, probably a, a couple of many Buka shots by the Vidge based on how long, how long the night drove out, but um, it was tough. But, you know, even to this day, I, I kind of hang my hat on that and it's chip on your shoulder. You know, everyone has to go. Um, I think if you look at who's left from that draft class, you know, you're probably talking about 15 guys out of 80. And if I can be one of them, even though I was the last pick, I mean, I think it, you know, it says it all it needs to say. You know what I mean? So, it's, uh, I'm all right with it. I'll be Mr. Irrelevant. It's all good. <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant doesn't always mean you're irrelevant. I mean, it means it actually means you're relevant because people are talking about you. It's like, who's going to be the last guy to draft? So, honestly, you get drafted last, whatever. It is what it is. You got drafted. You said you went to the Giants training camp. What was that like? It was crazy. Uh, being a kid from Winnipeg, uh, you don't really expect, you know, that call to come. And, you know, going down there, walking into a locker room with Eli Manning and, and Odell Beckham and, and those guys, you're like, you know, this is real. Um, and you kind of, you know, you're a fanboy for two seconds and then you're like, oh shoot, I'm here for a job, <laughs> a job interview. Um, so it, it was, it was cool though, you know, learning how to be a pro in that setting, you know, just seeing the spectacle that the NFL is, um, realizing that it's not different. It's, it's still football at the end of the day. Um, it really allowed me to kind of figure some, some things out there from a professional football player standpoint and be able to kind of bring that up to the CFL. So, you know, it wasn't my first time around. Who did you? Who did they line you up with first? Oh shoot! Uh, so my, my linebacker partner was BJ Goodson from Clemson. Nice. Um, that was that, and then uh, I, I remember the biggest name being uh, Sterling Shepard. Oh. So okay. we we all oh. came in together, and, and obviously he's still there. And I remember Eli Apple and Sterling signing their rookie deals while we're in camp. Okay. And like I think Eli Apple signed for like I don't know it was like thirteen million signing bonus or something like that, and I'm sitting across, you know, just <laughs> sweet, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like worrying about where I'm gonna work next week once I get cut. So um, it, was, it was just wild to to, to kind of see again that spectacle and, and be a part of that. Obviously, great coaching staff, Steve Spagnuolo. I mean, he's he's one of the best defensive minds in the NFL, and being able to learn from him, you know, I think it really served me well moving forward. So you're you're from Winnipeg, right? You're a Winnipeg kid. I'm a Winnipeg kid. Yeah. Are you in Winnipeg right now? Or are you in Montreal? I am in Winnipeg right now. Oh fuck, it's cold. You know what? We have like plus ten weather right now. Oh, you're lucky. Actually, plus today was, ten. Today was pretty nice. Alex is in Alex is from Montreal, but he's in California, so he doesn't understand our oh, wow. struggles as much as. <laughs> you know. What I, mean? I was gonna say we we had some bad weather this year though, and being locked down, it was like minus fifty, minus fifty seven. Like you got stupid. It's not like you were going to do uh, anything anyway, right? Well, I mean, I'm a beer league hockey player by trade in the oh, winter months. That's 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 my conditioning for for football. But with all that being shut down, I didn't I didn't do anything. I just sat in here, wore a couple extra layers, and paid a lot more for my heat bill. That's all. You play ice hockey? Yeah, I grew up playing hockey uh, competitively. Um, you know, got drafted junior leagues out here, and, oh, nice. and ultimately chose football. But um, yeah, myself, Andrew Harris from the Bombers, and, and Nick Dembski from the Bombers. We we play on a line together in, in beer league in the winter, so it's wow. It's a lot of fun. That's <laughs> that's a classic <laughs> line right there. That's fucking sick. Yeah, it's, it's, Who'd you get drafted by? Uh, so I was actually with Swan Valley back in the day. Okay, okay. Manitoba Junior Hockey League. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm aware. What position do you play? 
you know what? I'm a jack of all trades now. Uh, defense is a little too much work for me, so I, I like to stay <laughs> on the left left wing. Andrew likes playing center. He likes to do everything, and then uh, Nick Dembski plays right side, so it's, it's a good little trio. It's because you can't, can't skate backwards. That's what it is. Hey, I wasn't going to go there. Okay, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Nah, you know what? Shit. I, I play defense all year. You don't get any of the attention, you know, no score, you know, no point scored or whatever. If you can get out there and play forward and and light the lamp a couple of times, it, it makes it a little bit more fun. The only time you get highlights is when you get exposed, right? It's very rare when you're on D. Right. It's a, it's a right. thankless job is what it is. It is a thankless job for it's sure. Like, it's like it's, it being playing D, uh, playing D sometimes is like being like the equipment manager. You know, you do everything, but <laughs> you're not really getting much <laughs> hey, praise. You know? I wouldn't I wouldn't maybe go that far, um, but definitely, uh, you know, we're no Vernon or DJ or, or any <laughs> of those guys just get, getting all the limelight, that's for sure. Or Enoch. Yeah. Enoch gets on. You know what? He's actually like the anomaly uh, as a defensive player, and maybe it's because he can speak French out there. And I don't know, but he gets a lot of the attention. But uh, rightfully so, man. He's he's a great player. He is a good player. He's a great um, player. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of, uh, speaking of Enoch, um, and, and you saying before the interview, like, hey, he he loves talking a lot. I want to know a little bit more about the Alouettes locker room. <laughs> All um, right. Who's who's the most funniest in the locker room? Yeah, like who's Ooh. the guy? Who's the guy who gets everybody going? You know, the the most funny guy. So so we actually had like we had like a trio. So in 2019, I would have to say like three of the funniest guys were Fabian Foot, uh, Ryan Brown, and Woody Barron. And the three of them were like inseparable. And you know, when you uh, tag on like 300 pounds and like being six foot five or plus, like everything they do just becomes more funny. Yeah, and and like they're they're you know. They're the funny guys, and then the way that I looked at it, and you can even ask Enoch. He's Enoch's like the puppeteer. So like Enoch has this <laughs> subtle way of like making people do things, and then like kind of calling them out. And then these three would just act absolutely ridiculously, um, and and that was that was pretty fun, especially on the defensive side. Who's uh, who's the guy who's like the best dressed? You can't say you. No, definitely not me. <laughs> I, I would say I would say on a consistent basis, I got to give it to Bo. John Bowman. Um, That's what Alex was saying before. He's like, he's for sure yeah. going to say Bowman. His Instagram, um, his Instagram is full with nice dresses. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think Bow has to get the, the nod there. If it wasn't Bowman, shoot. If it wasn't Bowman, um, no, actually, VA as the year went on, and he was, you know, the guy. He he kind of dressed him impressed as the year went on, but. <laughs> I think I, I got to give it to Bo, man. Like no one else can uh, can take away from what he's done there. And who's the mo- who's the motivational speaker in their locker room? Yeah, like, who's the guy Enoch. who's like pure serious all the time? Enoch. Oh, pure serious. I wouldn't say pure serious all the time, but I think just knowing when to be serious mm. and and kind of motivating guys in the right way. I think Enoch for sure. Um, that's kind of why you know I'm excited that you guys are talking to him next. But he's just a great dude. You know, great football player, great dude. He's he's a leader. He's a motivational you know speaker by trade, but. He gets us going. Um, he just knows when to hit those right buttons to, to make you go. See, that's interesting for us because we, we don't even know who's the captain uh, in the CFL. In the NFL, we know. In the NFL, we know who's captain, but in CFL, we never know who's captain. We, we don't know who what what happens in the dress in the dressing room. So it's always it's always interesting to hear, to hear from the players. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a good point. Actually, I never thought of it like that. But Enoch Enoch was a captain 
if you were wondering, and you guys can talk about it. <laughs> I, 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 you kind of you kind of know who they're going to be, but you know, it's just it's never like it's not an it's not an, an importance in the CFL like it is in the NFL or whatever it is. The NFL, it's like oh, he's wearing the C. It's always the it's always the right. punter, a middle linebacker, the quarterback, and an offensive lineman. You know, like in, but in the CFL, it's like you know, it's next man up. Who's going to fucking perform? You know, who's going to be the guy that's going to motivate everybody, right? Hey, the CFL, they, there's just too much turnover there with the with the roster. Yeah. They'd be taking those stitches off and putting them on New Jerseys too often for them to, to make it worth their time. So That's another thing, too. I remember, I mean, he'll remain nameless, but I think people are going to uh, know who I'm talking about. But So when he left, he left. He was told he had to buy his tracksuit. And that, I think that's the craziest thing to me is like a professional team asked, like is asking for like, 80 bucks to buy the tracks to it or 100 bucks whatever it is i'm like just give it to him man these guys just freaking put their brains on the line for you just give him the tracksuit. hey like i said man you got to be like john bowman do everything well shake the right hands say yes say thank you and uh like i said maybe you get number seven and maybe get a free tracksuit uh to boot so so i actually asked john bowman who's because he's a jets fan right so we were talking about like uh, adam gase how bad of a coach he was yeah and uh so i asked him like who's his favorite coach and worst coach and he mentioned uh noel thorpe as his worst coach of all time like he's like this guy has no idea what he's talking about so i'm gonna i'm not gonna put you on the spot but who's who's a coach uh in the cfl that you had that was either you know good on the good side and on the bad side if you want to answer the bad side it's up to you (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> can i can i just say hey like whatever bowman said is the right answer can i just leave it there yeah so, you can leave it, it that's fine. That's good. yeah whatever whatever bowman said i trust the guy he's been in the league 14 years i mean i trust his judgment um but on, on the on the flip side you know i'll be honest man and th- this is not like a recency bias but just kahari um you know just just we have like a little like weird winnipeg connection um that kind of started things off but uh he's just he's a great like he's a great person. And, and I think in the CFL, you know, again, often you just see what happens on the field. Um, but what goes on behind the scenes and, and why people want to play for certain people and, and kind of what gets us motivated, right. And, and, you know, going that extra step and buying in um, it's it really starts at Kahari and, and what he's been able to do. And, you know, he treats us like men, he treats us as equals and, and that goes a long way. So um, I'm just going to stick with him and, and give him kind of a, a shout out there. Cause I think it's deserved. And uh, Vince Nardone said the same thing about Carr. He can't speak. He can't say enough good things about him. And uh, actually, reminds me, what's your golf game at? Oh, are you a golfer? Never, nothing. Uh, it's not find. good. <laughs> it's okay. Neither am I. And I played like fifty times last year. So don't tell him. No- you know what, DJ? I'm gonna ask you for a favor right now. Nardone refuses to play with me. Okay. Not, re- <laughs> not refuses. He's ditched me like six times. Like I don't understand what the fuck's his problem. All right. You gotta right. tell him. Listen, Terry just wants to play one time with you. How about this? How about this? Next time we're in Montreal on a day off, we'll we'll have like we'll go we'll go me and Vinny yeah. against you yeah. and whoever that partner is, and we'll play best ball. I'll bring Marco. Done. No, oh, you just fucked Done. yourself. Uh, you know what? Vince is probably a better golfer than all three of us. <laughs> well, I'm terrible, so that works. So that's a handicap right there. So. Yeah. So like I, I usually hit like you know 95 to 100. Marco is like good yeah. for like high 80s, low 90s, I guess. I mean, he hasn't played in a while, yeah. but still. Uh, you know what? That's a good yeah. game. We'll play like, you know, handicap, all that stuff. Okay, good. I'm, I'm going to. Yeah, we're good. good. I'll take you in on it. Eh? You have no idea. We're going to play in the Montreal in the East End. Set it up, man. Set it up. I'm ready. What part of the city do you live in in Montreal? Uh, I've been in Griffintown every year uh, that I've been out there. Every athlete lives in Griffintown, I think. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I see John Bowman walking around all the time in his flip flops. Hey. It's all John's fault, man. When I first got out there, I said, John, where should I live? He's like, I actually got an apartment building or a condo in, in my building. I'm like, okay, cool. So I lived in the same building as John my first year out there. 
And once you get once you get caught up in that Griffintown kind of way of being, uh, you, you get stuck. And and I liked it, so kept going back. That's, I, yeah, I, Griffintown. Yeah, yeah, Griffithtown is a, is a very good up and coming neighborhood. Like the they've been building lots, and they've been uh, having cafes and all that, grocery shopping. Um, but you being from, well, you playing from Montreal, what's your favorite restaurants so far in Montreal? That's a really good question. So I'm gonna go with two. Um, I gotta stick with the Italian roots there, uh, Il Focaleo. On, on Philip Square is is unreal. Yeah, uh, I heard of it. It's it's unreal. Legit, uh, let yeah. me tell you. Um, and and I would say just based on proximity, and, and I'm a big sushi guy, but uh, Okin Sushi uh, in Griffintown, it's Yo, another pieces are huge. Spot. It's on Notre Dame. Pieces uh, on, are, yeah, are huge. Crazy. It's so sick. Like, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say those two for sure are, are are up there. How many how many so, how many poutines have you had? You know what? <laughs> I've, I've only I've only had like a handful to be honest with you. Um, I'm, I'm a little lactose intolerant, so like cheese plus gravy equals like me just sitting on the toilet for the rest of the night. So try to try to, try to refrain from that on a on a weekly basis. But uh, no, it's the ones that I have had have, have been really good. As you can tell, me and Alex have had our fair share of poutine, so like we know how to do. So if you ever have a question about pooters, okay, just let me know. Yeah. Give, give give you guys a quick shake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, all right, all right, we'll do. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate <laughs> you coming on, DJ man. Honestly, it was a great time talking to you. We'd love to have you on again whenever you want. Uh, what do you have going on uh, right now? I saw your website, and uh, you're setting some big things up for the post career, I guess, right? Yeah, you know what? I guess you never know when you're going to be forced out. You know, COVID's kind of forced your hand a little bit just to plan ahead. Um, so myself and uh, Andrew Harris here locally, we started a pro prep academy, um, kind of athlete development business, um, which is growing really fast, which is super exciting. Um, I'm a strength coach uh, by trade. So obviously kind of staying in tune with that. And then uh, I work for a, a supplement company called Body Logics uh, out of Winnipeg. Um, so we actually work with a lot of the different call it professional leagues athletes uh, across North America and provide them their supplements. So it's, uh, it's all within sports, um, trying to, you know, stick to it. Um, but definitely weird sitting in front of a computer screen for, you know, 15 hours a day instead of playing football. As long but, as you're uh, not, as long as you're not eating poutines while you're sitting down on the computer screen, you're good. <laughs> is that, uh, is that the magic? That's the magic pick? <laughs> yeah. That's the, ma- that's the key. You just can't eat. Just don't get fat like me. That's all I'm going to say. Um, you know what? Uh, my girlfriend's giving me a dirty look as I said that. <laughs> <laughs> find your find yourself a woman that is in denial about how fat you are, DJ. That's the <laughs> that's the answer, uh, Alex. Uh, yeah, and I had a one last question for you. What's the locker room story that you know you can tell us, either either funny or motivational, like just a small locker room story, basically. Small locker room story. Maybe like um, Ben Cahoon gave us a story about how a guy shot on his jersey, something along those lines. <laughs> Um, shoot, you know what? I, I don't know. Have you guys ever heard of Club Five One Four? Of course. Yeah. Okay. So, that, so that's that's redundant. I can't go there with some of the stories. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? I'm just gonna be completely honest, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna just be honest. This is this is transparent across anybody that you ask. So Montreal in our locker room, we probably have the worst washroom bar none across the league. Like just terrible. <laughs> The stalls, like they don't even lock, like you know, like it's just grimy. You got the like it's just a bad setup, honestly, with the washroom. <laughs> and and I swear to God, once a week, someone plugs the toilet and there's no plunger, and then like it overflows and then it's all tile, so like it literally like seeps into the shower. 
like from the toilets. Did you play with Anthony and Barrett by any chance? I did not. You know who I'm talking about? No. So he's an offensive lineman. He played for the Owls, I think, one or two years. Just a couple years before you were. And he's like me. Okay, okay. I, I played with him and Marco. That, I, when you said flooding, uh, uh, plunging the toilet, it was him. I guarantee it would have been him because this guy's dumps are the biggest <laughs> things. Ever. Like, they, they, they steam. They steam. Like, there's steam coming out of it. There's always off outside the water. Always past yeah, the water. Yeah, so now, so now imagine that steam. And, like, you're in the shower. And, like, you just see steam, like, coming your way in the shower. And you're like, what the hell is going on right now? <laughs> you see the green so, smoke coming in. Yeah, 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 yeah. You make a big, big red flag to get the hell out. But, you know, it's not necessarily hilarious. It's not one individual person. There's a bunch of people that take deuces and, and plug the toilet. But that's just a Montreal little, like, side bit that you got to keep an eye out for. Make sure your flops are on because you never know when a turd might be coming into the shower. Well, so. you know what? <laughs> Teamwork is the best work, right, DJ? So we'll leave it, we'll leave it at that. Hey. Hey, we'll, we'll do that again. We're, we're all in it together, so we're good. So uh, DJLalama.com, right, for any information about you. Um, yep. Obviously, social media as well. Pro Prep Academy, you and Andrew Harris. Um, good stuff, man. Honestly, a lot of guys don't take care of their post-career, and uh, hopefully it works out for you. And, you know, if any of, like, your... Like your competition reaches out to you to train them, you know, like sabotage them a bit. Be like, yeah, you know, you don't have to go so heavy today, you know, like a little like that. <laughs> uh, that, that, that's- I'm going to say, I'm going to say, Terry told me if you eat a poutine every Wednesday, Friday, you're going to be in a great position. Yeah, yeah. It's carbs, man. That's it. The carbs and that's fats. It, carbs. It's, it's a keto diet, is what it is. Pre game poutine. Pre game. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Pre game. Then, then we're going to be having a different, we're going to have a different kind of problem in the washroom. <laughs> well, that's probably what's causing it. It's probably what's causing it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, DJ, appreciate it, man. Again, um, honestly, that was awesome. Whenever you want to come on, you just let us know, man, and we're glad to have you on. You're a great guy to talk to, and we appreciate you taking the time. Hey, likewise, guys. Appreciate you, and uh, continue to stay safe here, and we'll, we'll talk soon. Appreciate, appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely, man. My pleasure. You guys, uh, what time's Enoch at 8.30? Right now, actually. No? Right now. Okay. <laughs> Don't keep him waiting, man. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, guys. Take care of yourselves, and uh, tell Enoch I say what's up, too, Hello, when you guys buddy. get on. That was DJ, man. DJ Lama. What a great interview that guy is. Honestly, he's such a such a cool guy. We had some technical problems at the beginning, but we fig- figured them out. Uh, great guy, man. And he speaks highly of our next guest, uh, team leader, uh, number 10, um, plays for the Alouettes, Enoch Played. Lama. Played for the Alouettes. Enoch Lama. <laughs> <laughs> You're confusing me with the jerseys in the back. Enoch Lama. How's it going, buddy? There's no logo there, so you can't. Uh, yeah, but I know the colors. you guys for having me man it's our pleasure man it's our pleasure what have you been up to how's the offseason how's the one year offseason treating you it's been um it's been um surprisingly amazing actually um it's been a lot of new discoveries reinventing myself and uh uh, spending lots of time with family Uh, we just got a, a a brand new baby my wife and i Nice, congrats. Um, congrats. congrats. Thank you. She turned seven weeks old today. So um, that's our second. And uh, our third, our first is uh, three years old now. So there's a uh, lot going on at the house. So it keeps me busy. But I also uh, try to do the same thing with uh, other things that uh, I've always been interested in and, um, you know, had a passion for. So so what are you... Um... So like what? So you had the you have the podcast. I know you said not to promote yeah. it, but whatever. Yeah, I got, I, got, um, I got my own podcast that I um, I'm super passionate about. Um, it's been amazing. It's called Mama Moments, where we talk. I sit down with uh, you know successful individuals and talk about the lessons that they've learned, basically, and how they've grown and the moments kind of that molded them into the individuals that they you know they've become. Uh, 
Um, it's amazing. I had a chance to sit down with the Kim and Mutombo. Um, yeah. George was a, uh, uh, an Olympian, a friend of mine. Um, had a chance to sit down with uh, actors, London Brown, um, uh, a model, Grace Mahari, a bunch of different people from all walks of life, really, who just reached the pinnacle in their industry. And um, the whole yeah. purpose behind it is really to to highlight the fact that, to be honest with you, um, it doesn't matter you know, what industry you find yourself in. When you apply the principles that these people kind of talk about on the podcast, um, you can reach the next level wherever you find yourself. That's it, honestly. It's, and I mean, it speaks volumes and it sticks to, uh, to this journey too. I mean, for us, uh, just me and a couple of friends, we started this probably about three years ago. And just this last year, bringing on a bunch of bloggers and launching a website and this whole thing. And it's you realize when you're passionate about something, how, how easy it is to work for it, you know, and, and that's, I guess, the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and you talk about a bunch. So I have a whole bunch of stuff. But I, the, only, <laughs> the other thing I'll even mention, though, um, that I'm super excited about, I'm working on a book. So that is still behind, you know, closed doors. But I'm working on the book. It's on mental toughness, which is something I had to develop over the course of my career. Um, I'm working on uh, actually almost complete my um, uh, a mentorship program. Over the course of my career, I've always had people kind of approach me. Hey, could you say something to kind of uh, mentor my my child? And can you help me in this? And I get a lot of kids DMing me on in my DMs and. Uh, try to I try to as best as I can to to respond to as many as I can as well, and um, you know uh, I've never really had a structure and it's been consistent throughout you know my whole career. But um, this pandemic kind of allowed me to do so, and I'm 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 actually uh, walking through three you know gentlemen, three young boys who are turning into men. <laughs> They'll be mad if they hear, <laughs> but they're turning into men, and uh, they're getting through you know the first. Um, the first wave of uh, it's called EVP, Eagle Vision Program. So it's a really good um, mentorship program that's designed to kind of help with um, a better vision for their future. I love it. It's good. I love it as well, man. Um, it's you know, it's 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 incredible to 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 motivate people do for doing podcasts. Uh, you've had very successful people on. I listened. I actually listened to the one uh, with, with GSP. It was it was really nice to hear what what he had to say. Right. Uh, he's a great. He's a great. Great guy. Um, we we've heard of the news uh, today about the CFL wanting to merge with the XFL. Uh, what are like like What are your thoughts about it? Um, as of right now, we don't. You know, literally, it was the first that we've heard of it. You know, um, a lot of us, even as um, you know. Uh, uh, player reps we were the first uh, we heard it first right now um earlier today but you know what um we don't know too many too much details about it but um hopefully it's um as long as it's going to advance the game i think that it's uh it's something positive really i don't know how creative they're, you have to be creative in order to whether it's merging or whether it's you know finding some type of way to help you know both t both uh, leagues it's uh um like i said i don't think that you know both leagues would um uh you know combine or, or or join kind of forces if it wasn't going to be beneficial for both parties so actually i'll take a little bit of credit for this one actually because um i mean i don't know if you i don't <laughs> know if you know but probably about like 600 people read a blog i wrote about a year ago where uh, i suggested that cf the cfl and the xfl should merge as a um kind of like a farm system for the nfl but you still keep uh the, you still keep your the way you you fill your rosters the same way. Uh, with that, that exposes Canadian players and things like that. And and I think that it's it could be it all depends on how they manage it. And I think it could be a, a huge for the CFL, especially what we saw a couple of years ago where 
you know, yeah. the, the league was losing money and they didn't really know what to do and the commissioner changed and all this stuff. And, and I think that it would go, it would, there's, we know how much money there is in the States. And for that advertising deal to come through for the CFL, I think it would do wonders for the teams here. And uh, hopefully they work it out. And I, as long as they keep the non-import rule into effect, I think that there shouldn't be an issue because there's a lot of talent here in Canada. And I think you know firsthand uh, that the exposure sometimes isn't always there. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, I think the great the, the game has been growing since you know I, I've been playing in high school, um, and as well as in university. Um, but like I said, the, the game has been growing, and it's 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 um, it, for the two leagues to even get into content and talks. You know, as, as far as we know, um, I think that you gotta remember one thing: like the this is a business, right? At this level, it's a business, and so um, if it doesn't benefit both parties. Um, nothing's going to come out of it, right? So I'm sure that if something comes out of this, it's going to be beneficial to both sides. And if it is, um, then the CFL profits and um, does well as well. So everybody wins, that really. So I don't know if you know your history, Alouette's history, but uh, there's there's been a few people that have worn the number 10 jersey. Um, who's, other than you, who's, actually, I'm going to include you in this one because I'm, I'm trying to call you out. Is, <laughs> who's Who's the best number 10 in Alouette's history? Other than me, right? Yeah. Well, there's I only there's only one answer, and I'm sorry, Enoch, it's not you. <laughs> Listen, I don't I, I don't think I know too much. I don't I don't think I'm too 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 knowledgeable. But um, I know the the previous probably two guys that wore it before me. I played yeah. against them. And I know them very well. So you get, I know you're getting Aki. you're getting warmer to the one guy. <laughs> I know Chris Aki. No, and I know him. Marco. Marco. There you go. So uh, Mar- so I asked Marco because Marco's a, he's a buddy of mine and he's come on the show a few times. That I asked him, I said, give me some juice on Enoch and DJ. And he's <laughs> like, I don't really know DJ too well, but ask Enoch who the best number 10 is of all time in Alouette's history, you know? <laughs> so I was he like, would okay. do that. He yeah, would. Of course yeah. he would. The guy no, never Marco, misses an opportunity to chirp, you know what I mean? Never, never. Marco's a cool guy. Yeah, he's one good. of the smartest guys I've played with uh, and against, to be honest with you. He used to be a quarterback. I'm sure you guys know. Of course, yes. So yeah. I played against him in, in, in university and then played with him in Saskatchewan for, for a little bit. And then played against them throughout my career for sure. Did you pick him off in university? Did you play uh, when you played him? Uh, well, what year was I in when we played? We came to Montreal to play from Cinevex. I think it was my second year. I didn't pick him up, but I think I, I. It wasn't even a sack, but it was a couple of hits. I got you lit him up. Yeah. Okay, that's all that matters. I got a couple of hits yeah, on him. Yeah, that's all that matters. <laughs> good enough. It's good enough. <laughs> Um, you you were selected first overall back in the, in the 2011 draft. What's funny is that the guest we had before you, DJ Lalama, was selected last, uh, the last pick of the draft in 2016. Um, tell us about the experience about you being the first overall pick. Uh, did you feel any pressure to uh, to perform? Um, you know what is is pressure. Um, I can't I can't deny that, but it's pressure that that um that I embraced um for the simple fact that my expectations for myself way were way above you know I feel like whatever anybody's expectations may have been for me right so whether I was drafted first overall or last overall like DJ you know the expectations for myself you know would still have been super you know elevated and so um I, I'm always willing to bet on myself, like DJ. I'm sure he mentioned that a few times <laughs> in the interview, but um, that's one of his models, and, I, and I've always loved that. Um, you know, my the experience, as far as the experience in itself, it was amazing, man. Um, I remember 2010, 
um, finishing my last year in university at CNFX, going through the combine, going through everything, the whole process and everything. It was it was amazing. And then, you know, once the attention started to garner up and everything, I was um, obviously excited. Um, there was even some intention and, and attention that I gained from the NFL. So there was a lot going on at once um, that I didn't even see coming. But um, I remember my agent was trying to get me to go through the NFL combine, but um, because of um, how well I had done at the CFL combine, he said, you know what, a lot of the, the NFL teams that are interested are, um, you know, are okay with that. So if anything works out, you don't have to go to any, you know, pro day, which he was planning on um, taking me to or sending me to, or uh, any uh, other, other workouts to kind of improve numbers or show your, your acumen. And so uh, from there, um, if you guys remember correctly, 2011 was the NFL lockout. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, you know, what happened was, um, you know, I, fo I focused on um, the CFL, which um, was obviously um, a, a major reality that was for me. So uh, Winnipeg ends up drafting me first overall. Obviously, I go to Winnipeg and uh, I uh, uh, it was amazing because Winnipeg actually was really, really cool. What they did, they flew my whole family down to Winnipeg for That's the day sick. of the draft. Cool. Yeah. They flew me, they treated like it was world class, you know, it was a world class kind of, um, you know, act, I believe. And they, like I said, they flew my whole family down. My, uh, actually, except for my older brother, my older brother played for BC Lions at the time. So okay. <laughs> he wasn't involved in the whole package deal, but he met us there. Okay. So my younger brother, <laughs> my younger brother, um, my mother, my mother and my father as well. So they put us in a amazing hotels, um, presidential suite and everything. Oh, um, it really took care of us, man. They took care of us. They took us out to like the the, the best restaurant in the city. <laughs> um, Five two nine, I believe it's called um, one of the best restaurants in Winnipeg. Um, and then from there, you know, met the staff. And then the day of the draft, of course, we um, ended up, uh, you know, uh, celebrating the us to the facility, you know, in the limo, it was just amazing. Right. So again, I was there with my whole family and it's, you know, no better way to celebrate anything, you know, worthwhile, but with uh, the people that you love and that are around you that support and encourage you as well. That's it. Honestly, That's a great experience. It's, it's honestly, and it's probably for your parents too, being super proud, you know, and then the flying it out, the whole experience. I mean, I'm sure that as soon as, as soon as an organization does that for you, you kind of want to give them back everything you can, right? And I, and I think that you did, but, uh, the opportunity came to get to the, go to the NFL. And in 2014, you decided to go to Indianapolis. What was that like seeing, uh, being on the big stage in front of 80,000 people at Lucas Oil? <laughs> it was, uh, it was great, but you know, again, I think that, uh, my evolution, my growth is what really um, prepared me for that uh, that step. Um, I wasn't too shell-shocked as um, I think maybe I would have been if I were um, to go from CIS to, uh, you know, at the time, CIS University Sports to the NFL. So, but, you know, my time in Winnipeg, you know, allowed for my growth um, to develop, allowed for me to become, you know, stronger, you know, mentally, uh, physically as well, and, and everything. So, you know, that whole process was amazing itself, in and of itself. It's almost like it was another, you know, recruiting trip. Because when I finished in the uh, um, my last year in Winnipeg, uh, I remember it was one call after another. It was like a slow snowball effect. I had, uh, in total, my agent, my late agent, and I um, ended up uh, uh, 
counting or totaling 19, at least when we did 19 calls on, you know, a bunch of different teams in the NFL. And um, I remember having to go to workouts and it got a little bit too crazy. Looking back, I definitely would have done things a little bit different and spaced out the workouts a little bit more. But, you know, at the time I was so hungry and I just wanted to, you know, give myself the best opportunity possible. And I would literally visit maybe three teams a week. Um, and uh, I have family in Dallas, so I spent time in Texas um, training right after the season was done in Winnipeg. I think I had an we had an award ceremony in 2014. I was nominated for the award that I actually recently won. Um, uh, Cornish Canadian, right? John Cornish uh, won it that yeah. year, and so after the award, which was in Saskatchewan, did the whole festivities. I I always do. Um, AIA events, which is Athletes in Action, which is, um, you know, we do a lot of different things in the community, usually every Grey Cup. And so if you're not playing, of course. So we uh, uh, we did those. Uh, and then my wife was with me over there, I remember. And then literally from there, I went back to Winnipeg, was packing up my stuff. And, uh, you know, we took off. I took off to, uh, to Dallas. Uh, took off to Dallas and... Uh, from there, started training, preparing for the workouts that, you know, my agent was starting to kind of organize. And like I said, it was three a week. It would literally be, you know, I come back to Dallas. Um, I start training, preparing for the next one, fine tuning things, uh, whether it's rehab, recovery or, you know, strengthening, whatever I felt was necessary, speed, anything. And then once the workout started, it would be literally I remember specifically being in Miami um, the day um, after Christmas. It was on the 26th of uh, December. So I was in with, I went to work out for the Dolphins. So it would be literally if I'm in, I'm, I'm with the Dolphins on, on, on a Monday, um, I'd fly in, you know, they fly me in on a Monday. I get picked up from the airport. They drop me off at the hotel, usually in, in the evening. And then they'll hand me a bunch of like different booklets, right? They give you some booklets to work on because they want to get to know you completely, right? So they want to get to know exactly what's in your head. They so want to break you down. Nothing hard. It's nothing hard or crazy, but um, you know you got to answer a bunch of questions, right? Um, so I go through the booklets that they would give me, and then from there, uh, the next morning I get picked up for physical. I do the physical, and then after the physical, I'll um, get to the facility. Um, from the facility, I do a workout with them. Usually it would last like 15, 20 minutes tops. And then after that, you're done. You say, you know, you, you speak to whoever, you know, brought you the representatives, whether it's a general manager for them, every organization is different general manager, uh, some teams and sometimes it was just the assistant GM. Sometimes it was the head coach and sometimes it was another representative on the team. And then after that talk, um, you know, they fly you back to bring you back to the airport and you back. So I'll be back to Dallas for a day or two and then the next team another i'd be like in denver you know i went to denver i've met with john elway actually oh, yeah. was oh then from jen john elway i went to john elway <laughs> Minnesota after a few days but the same kind of process i uh, went to minnesota who was the dc in minnesota mike singletary actually was the dc oh, wow. in minnesota time who i actually got to interview on my podcast but mike singletary was a dc in, uh, in minnesota the legend legend and so you know it was like that literally for weeks and weeks on end and my body was actually breaking down people think like 15 20 minutes is is not too much but when you prepare so much and you go there and you do the best you can at the end of those 20 minutes you're exhausted like literally um so at the end of it uh after a while went to like seattle went to uh Cleveland, uh, like I said, Minnesota, you name it, I was there. And then um, after I went to Indianapolis, 
right? The, the, the special thing about Indianapolis for me was one, it was the, the first call that I received, right? And um, it was special because uh, it was one, the first call that I received, but also two, I was called directly. They didn't even call my age. I don't know how they got my number, but. Um, <laughs> they always get it, man. They always get it. Mr. Grigson was the GM. So he calls me directly. I remember I was still in Winnipeg before I left for Dallas. I get a phone call. I didn't recognize the number, but I answer and he introduces himself and tells me exactly, you know, who he is. And he would like to uh, get me into the you know, facility so they can get to know me and see me face to face and meet me or whatnot. So. Um, the special thing about the, the Annapolis Colts is when I spoke to Mr. Griggs and Mr. Griggs said, hey, look, I don't even want you to come work out for us. I just I know already what you're capable of. I really just want you to come into the facility and meet the guys here, too. I think you'll love it and you'll be a perfect fit. And sure enough, when I landed there, met with, um, you know, the player personnel guy and the, the guy who takes care of the players, we instantly clicked from there, met the coaching staff, Coach Pagano. Who I also interviewed on my on my podcast. Recently. Uh, great story. Great, great story. You gotta check it out. He actually beat cancer, but mm -hmm. that's a whole yeah. other story. So I met with Coach Pagano and the rest of the coaching staff, met the team as well. Um, you know, I have some best friends on that team to this day. And um, you know, it, like I said, usually every team I'd come in, do a physical, do a workout, meet with the staff and then fly back out. But for them, they're like, you know what? I don't even want, we don't want you to work out. It almost and, so, and it's almost like a tactic for them. It's like, we know he's been testing. Why don't we show him? We don't need to see him. A hundred percent. And yeah. they told me that the very first call, right? So um, it's, and again, like I've been a free agent in the past and uh, being going through that process that time too. There's a, I, I mean, I think, there, I, I guess, I guess there's a science to it. Maybe I'll write a book on that. But there's a science to it. <laughs> At least the chapter. Yeah. At least a chapter, right? <laughs> but there's a science to it. You know, whenever you got to negotiate for something, you got to find ways to see what one separates one from the other. And that was definitely huge, right? And every team, when you get into a situation like that and you garner somewhat a little bit of attention from anybody, every team is going to tell you what, you know, you want to hear, right? And so little things like that definitely separates, uh, you know, a team from another. And so I knew that they had another level of interest just because they did that. Um, again, of course, you got to talk about, you know, the contract comes into play. It's the pro sports, right? And so, you know, uh, how much they put on paper, right, matters, right? As far as the interest level, you know, it's the bottom line. It's the truth. You know, sometimes people, you know, fault some professional athletes for taking a contract that that, that, that was bigger than the other. But at the end of the day, if, a, if it's a bigger contract, it's not just the player that wants the, you know, quote unquote, more money, but it just shows that the team is more interested, right? And so, um, but interesting fact, the contract that I did take from, um, Indianapolis was not the greatest contract that I had as far as an offer is concerned. So, um, you know, again, it's the science behind everything. And I took my time and, uh, uh, you know, um, but I still established the, the, you know, the fact that they wanted me the most. Um, I wanted them the most as well because of the fit as well that I saw when I met the players, I met the staff and, uh, you know, it's just the environment that I wanted to be in. Um, and also I saw myself kind of fitting into the defense, right? So I looked at the guys that played my position. Hey, do we have a similar body type? And do I feel like what they do is something that I can do? So I looked at that defensive scheme and whatnot. And, um, you know, I felt like it, it fit. And um, that's what I, that's why I went, I went with the Colts. So, um did you i mean they know you're canadian how many canadian jokes did you get in the locker room 
Not much, man. You really? Know, I'm what, surprised. Uh, it was. It was like I said. Like one of the things. Every every general manager, every regime has different ways of formulating or constructing their team, right? Um, and uh, the Indianapolis Colts, Mr. Grigson, what he did was he wanted to have a lot of men of character, mm-hmm. right? And I sensed that. Um, and again, they weren't the only ones because, again, I visited so many teams and some teams you can see. And then other teams, it's like, you know what? The best athlete, I don't care what they have done or where they come from or, you know, what their background is. And again, this is not to shame or anybody. Of but course, yeah. Some people have higher, uh, they gauged other things differently uh, compared to other teams. And so I, I feel like that definitely was a, a played a role in um you know, uh, how, as far as like how I was treated in the locker room, but also um, the guy who also played the position that I was playing, Jarrell Freeman, he was doing really well and he had played in the CFL for mm-hmm. years. So it's not like anybody was was trying to disrespect Ken. Oh, yeah. I didn't mean to disrespect. I mean, because you're Canadian. They're like, hey, no, where's no, your no, pet beaver? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. So, interesting fact. Uh, the um, The very first, like, um, a complete team activity that we had. It was an OTAs um, that year, so it wasn't even. It wasn't even because uh, we had a bunch of rookie things to mm-hmm. do, and and then get a whole bunch of rookies, you know, released. They go home, and then the ones that make it finally get to go with the whole team OTAs and whatnot. So the very first uh, team uh, organized team activity that we had, our very first lunch. Amazing. I need. I'm trying to get a hold of him so we can do it. <laughs> super hard to get a hold of but uh, i sit down i'm eating my lunch i was one of the first ones in in the in the lunch room it was in between activities and uh andrew luck comes and sits at my table where i sat down and uh just one of the coolest dude you'll ever with a beard Uh, like this (laughs) Uh, at the time he didn't have the beard (laughs) um, seems like a great guy though no one of the coolest not just great but smartest and humble right um, to this day, I have on my phone here. He still roll walks around with the flip phone. It's crazy. The actual flip phone, like that's wow. just how super humble he is. But um, you know, cool and laid back dude. Um, he ended up coming down. We ended up having a long conversation. He started like telling, asking me questions about, you know, oh yeah, do you know that uh, you know penguins are only on one pole? Right, it's uh, either the North Pole or uh, South Pole. I was like, yeah, 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 the Southern Pole. I was like, yeah, I knew that. So random. Smart. He starts telling about cities in Canada, and you know, like, um, the average American is not super um, knowledgeable about the provinces and cities, and or at least on. where the country yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely where. But you know, and like, he went to Stanford, so there's a reason why, and he's leader. He's been a leader practically every team he's played on but it's, it's not by luck it's not by coincidence or it's not because he's been pushed into that position like he's actually you know that type of person and so um like i said he was a really cool dude and, and he's one of the first kind of contact as far as players that um i had over there and then like i said i have a bunch of still best friends to this day that um i keep uh, keep in touch with so you mentioned leadership and uh, dj before you he mentioned how much of a leader you are in the locker room but he also mentioned how you like to antagonize some jokes here and there <laughs> I like to antagonize some jokes. Throw some like jokes. And stuff. <laughs> yeah, he mentioned he mentioned uh, Fabian. He mentioned a few guys that you kind of like push their buttons so they can play jokes on people and like mess around in the locker room. Yeah, man, <laughs> it's about having fun, man. Of course, yeah, yeah, of course. This level at the pro level, you gotta realize, man. There's so much pressure, right? Yeah, he called you the pitter. 
The what? The puppeteer. <laughs> the puppeteer. The puppeteer. Yeah, man, I, I just try to make it. Fun. <laughs> I try to make it fun for everybody. I'm, I know, like, and, and and I'm talking CFL. I'm talking NFL. At the end of the day, when um, I know a lot of people that I've talked to, a lot of people that have asked me questions, like, you know, what was your experience like? And people that have played in the NFL, um, what was your experience like? I'm like, I loved it, right? Uh, it, it wasn't super long, but I loved it. I enjoyed every single moment of it, right? But some people always told, like, a lot of people actually have told me, like, man, like, I hated my time there. And I would ask why, and they would tell me, like, there's just too much pressure, right? There's too much pressure. Every day you got to look over your shoulder, right? You don't know what's going on. But it's the reality of the situation in the NFL. It's the reality of the situation in the CFL. And so um, especially being a guy like, like, um as far as far as spending so much time in the cfl um you kind of um uh you know just being a little more established um i, I just try to make it fun for everybody you yeah. know and try to kind of relax everyone specifically in training camp so um if you go to my instagram i have a little banana challenge is one of the last things that i did and i kind of recorded all of it and i would kind of just play jokes on on everybody but i try to do that for the game you know it's it's like i said it's a reality situation and um you got to try and have some fun as much as you can. So, so you know, you've, you've been in Montreal for quite some time, like three, four years, I guess. Uh, you've been in uh, Montreal. Um, could you tell us a, f a favorite restaurant in Montreal? Wow, favorite restaurant. Okay. Are you in Montreal right now, actually? No, 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 no. I'm in, uh, I'm in Toronto right now. You're living, uh, you live, that's where you guys uh, stay, yeah, that's where your house is? That's where I live, yeah. So, uh, favorite Mont restaurant, man, there's so many. There's so many, <laughs> I forget. As a matter of fact, but I just love all the um, uh, all the Portuguese spots. Oh, so it. you're oh, talking uh, about Mapul Mouye? You're talking Mapul about Mapul Mouye for sure, man. Course, you got to put yeah. that up there, man. Yeah. I, had to, I had to stop Portuguese it. chicken, man. It's good. Yeah. Portuguese chicken, um, peri peri chicken. You uh, know, there's a sure. bunch over there. Sure. Um, uh, what, let me, but let me let me tell you something. Um, I'm uh, I'm I'm originally born in the Congo, right? And, um, you know, my family and I left the Congo when I was um, uh, quite young. But um, when I was in Montreal, I also found a very, very uh, uh, cool spot that served Congolese food. And What's it, it called? was amazing. It's called, um, what is it called? Le, uh, what's the? Le Tranche Le That's what it is. Oh, oh, I heard about it. I heard about it. I never yeah. heard about it. Yeah. I, 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 spent, I, I, I forgot. I, I had a black on my mouth. But the Tante Juin, it's amazing, man. Like, amazing. So uh, that's my joint. My wife is not even from Congo. She's from Ghana, but loves it. As you can tell, she remembers it. Like, <laughs> she's like, yeah, she's coming in the interview, you know? <laughs> that's classic. Um, Dave, uh, how many, how many Putins have you had? Uh, multiple and my pumi is at the top. <laughs> See, I knew I knew I was gonna like you, Enoch, and now I like you a little bit better. You know that. Um, honestly, it was it was a fantastic time talking to you, man. I really appreciate you coming on. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Alex is a Ravens fan, so like when I saw you were maybe going to the Cowboys, I'm like, eh, let's see if we can get you know get him in. And uh, was that Dax like rookie year? Dax rookie year, yes. So I was there for Dax rookie year, Zeke's rookie year. Okay. Um, uh, and Tony Romo's last year. His last year, because that was the year that Dak so took over. Yeah, right? yeah. we were in Seattle. Um, we were in Seattle, and it was the year after he had just recovered from, I think it was, was it a neck or back injury? So yeah, it was back injury. He was trying to get some training camp. He was trying to get some training camp and preseason. And I think um, at the time, Jason Garrett was just trying to, like, uh, give him a little bit of time here and there for each game, at least preseason. 
And uh, I remember we go to Seattle, and he ends up uh, getting hurt. Man, everybody on the sideline held their breath. And sure enough, you know, he was saying he wanted to go back in, but sure enough, it was, you know, the last injury that took him out. Um, and again, um, for good reasons now, look at him. He's doing really well as a yeah. commentator, but – you know, just another lesson, and uh, as far as like understanding that when one door closes, you know, there's another one that's uh, that's always open. And there's open one for Dak right now, signing 160 million dollars for four years. Good for him. 93 guaranteed. Good for him, man. That's you know, right. That's right. So yeah, so Dak wasn't even like a like his Tony Romo's backup. I think there were like two quarterbacks ahead of him, and just everything ended up working out so that he ends up uh, playing more. And uh, you know, uh, super proud of him and super happy that, you know, he's been able to to get paid the way that he has. And uh, um, obviously, uh, it, it, it's uh, uh, he's 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 earned it and he deserves it. Good, man. I appreciate you coming on again. Um, it's he who knocks probably the best name I've seen <laughs> online of all time. And best your, name. And your wife, she who knocks even better. Love the teamwork there. Teamwork is the best work, like I told DJ, too. We appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, honestly, good luck the rest of the way. You're a motivational speaker. Honestly, you motivated me to put my head through a wall right now, so it's good. Yeah, <laughs> you're good. You're, you're, you're going to make me go run outside right now. You know, it's, uh, you're a positive <laughs> person. Like, we appreciate We need people like you. You should do it. You should do it. You got to just find a reason why. What's the reason why you got to do it? And once you find that, it's over. Enoch told me to do it. That's my reason. <laughs> honestly, Enoch, honestly, Enoch, right now you're my second favorite motiv motivational speaker. Okay. My first, first all-time will always remain Ray Lewis. Okay. Okay. Met, met Ray Lewis, as a matter of fact. He, uh, <laughs> he came to speak to us um, in Indianapolis before we went to play Denver 2014 against the Denver Broncos when it was Andrew Luck versus Peyton Manning. Oh, nice. Coach Pagano used to be a defensive coordinator in Baltimore. And yeah. He came to um, – he came to uh, – so he obviously brought Ray Lewis over. And, yeah, I, I'm okay with being second next to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, he had me ready to run, run through a wall. After, there you go. After yeah. That, but, but he's another guy yeah. I'm, I'm trying to uh, uh, track down gotcha. as well so that uh, can make it happen. Um, that'll probably be your number Absolutely. one episode for sure. I think everybody loves listening to Ray Lewis talk. I mean, I always – the one thing I'll remember it was when I was playing football too and when he said something and it was pain is only temporary. And I remember – I'll never forget that quote because it's it's so true, man. It's like just get through it and you'll be fine. You know, like whatever yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. You know, pain it's is only temporary. And at the end of the day, anything you do in life – is going to have some way, shape, or form. If you want to reach greatness, bottom line, you know, there's going to be a, some type of uh, a place or a point where it's going to be painful, right? Yeah. And you do something that you're, you're not necessarily, you don't necessarily want to do. One of my favorite, my favorite um, coaches, my first coaches, um, Coach Watering, he's my college coach, our university coach, um, he used to say, um, you do what you have to so you can do what you want to, right? And anything in life, right? Whatever, however, if you really want to accomplish greatness, at some point or another, you're gonna to have to do what you have to, even though you don't want to. But you do that so that you can do what you want to. So we had uh, uh, Aman Zahavi on last week, UFC fighter, and he told us one. His his motto is the pain will set you free, and mm. it's kind of the same thing. It's like just push through, and you'll be fine, and and you'll be able to do what you want to do as long as you f you focus on the struggle and you just push right through it, right? So we appreciate you coming on, buddy. Honestly, 
It was it was great, and uh, you're officially my favorite number ten Alouette player of all time, Mark. Oh, <laughs> I'll call. tell him. Yeah, I'm gonna text him right now. I'll text <laughs> him right now. And Al, oh, you're, you're still Alex's second favorite motivational speaker, but I'm sure you'll climb up the <laughs> rankings eventually. I'll, I'll stay next. I'll stay second to Stephen Lewis. We appreciate it, buddy. Again, this episode is brought to you by Mike's BBQ Up MTL. Visit Mike's BBQ Up MTL.com and use Hot Sauce Ten for ten percent off the entire site. Um, that's it, man. I appreciate it, man. Alex, again, as usual, thanks. Enoch, peace. All right. Peace out, guys.